Thanks for downloading this podcast from Brum Radio. For more programs, search our podcast page at brumradio.com. In the heart of Birmingham, one team to bring you your week in geek. It's the Geeky Brummy Show every Saturday, 12 till 1 on Brum Radio. Hello everybody, it's Geeky Brummy here on Brum Radio. Welcome to our usual brand of craziness every week. Uh, this week I'm joined by George. Hi George. Hi. We've got Phil Ellis in to talk TV with us. Hello. Uh, producers Guy and Shauna keeping us slightly under control this week as usual. Sorry. Look at Zoo in here. Yeah. <laughs> and Keith will be joining us a little bit later. Got regular features, Pound Shop Cosplay, Top Trumps Tournament, uh, Geeky Goings On going up, and another round of Why Is It Rubbish, Guy's favourite show. Yep. Yeah. Things are rubbish, they need to be discussed. And he's no longer allowed to mention the word Stephen and Mulhern in the studio. It's banned. Banned. Batman. Hi, Keith. Hello. Right, so it was Small Press Day last week, wasn't it? Yep. And what is Small Press Day for people who are not aware of it? Small Press Day is a national day uh, where local comic shops are giving their local independent creators an opportunity to meet and uh, greet their audiences and push their comic books. Mm -hmm. So our uh, guest from a few weeks ago, uh, Joe Kravec, was uh, one of the people down at Nostalgia, but a bunch of other creators were there. This Yeah, um, and we had Steve Tanner there as well. Yeah. He, he, yeah, Steve Tanner was at Nantonary Comics. He did came in to talk about Birmingham Comics Festival and his own comic Flintlock. Yeah, Flintlock. So that's a great title as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great opportunity for people to get exposed to yeah. books that are outside the kind of big Marvel DC uh, yeah. pantheon of characters. Yeah, uh, and stuff that covers a wide range of subject matters. You get you know very cartoony comic book type yeah. stuff, but you get stuff that's very serious, very kind of. Um, mm-hmm interesting material so it was a great, it's a great opportunity to, for people to discover new yeah. upcoming talent and really kind of see the power of what comics can do yeah I mean it's a brilliant way to as you said highlight those artists who probably wouldn't get the recognition with the amount of people you get there yeah, yeah. right so we're going to go into a few interviews now with people who were at Nostalgia and Comics last week yeah here we go enjoy we are here at the fabulous Nostalgia and Comics for Small Press Day. We've got some fantastic comic book artists and writers. Uh, shall we work our way down the line and introduce who you are and uh, the work that you're, you've brought with you today? Hi, I'm Tony Cooper. I'm primarily an author. I write novels, but I've also written a comic that I've got um, here today. It's based on the novels. It's featuring two characters in the books. It features a girl called Haley, who is a police officer by day, a vigilante superhero by night and it features the two sides of her life. Hi, I'm Julie. I just moved to Birmingham in March and I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm actually a photographer. I put together an art publication called Indestructible Energy and it's all submission based, so loads of comic artists and poets and photographers and illustrators and everything put things together and everything's handmade, so hand-bound books and kind of cassette tapes and CDs and stuff. Hello, my name's Charlotte Bailey. I'm co-coordinator of Ladies Do Comic in Birmingham which is a comics forum where people get together and artists present their work and to other comic creators and just people who are interested in it really. It's a small press thing and we put together a anthology, comics anthology called Hometown and that's what I'm selling here today. What is it you think of something like Small Press Day? Why is it important? What brings you down here today to, to show off your work? It's a chance to get our work seen I guess it's just another way to get it out there it's a good way to make people aware of like small like 
individuals doing things. So like Hometown is great. It's a group of local artists drawing stuff about their hometowns. I think Small Press Day is great because, well, for me, because I do a lot of conventions, but it's, they're quite unfocused, a lot of merchandise, a lot of like big like TV stars and things there. So something like Small Press Day, it's very focused. It's in like local comic stores. You can go in, you can actually meet people, actually sort of chat to them without lots of like so much noise around. And it's, yeah, it's, a great, it's a great way just to promote yourself to like a, an audience who's interested in the stuff you've got. So in terms of actually being here for this hour in Nostalgia and Comics, did they approach you or did you approach them or how, how did you get put together as a panel? Dave from Nostalgia and Comics actually contacted me. I've got some of my comics on their like, indie shelf, but I'd also been following Small Press Day and Nostalgia Comics on Twitter as well, so I'd heard about plans for it. I emailed Charlotte and she asked me to come down today. Yeah, they came, they came to me because they know I coordinate Lazy Comics in Birmingham, so they came to me looking for other Small Press artists. So yeah, and then I approached them and got them all together. I think in Birmingham we're really, really lucky in that we do have a fantastic comic book scene. There are so many awesome, like so much fantastic local talent. I'm yeah, curious to find how you guys find kind of working in the area, particularly as Julie's a newcomer mostly. Has it been different working in Birmingham to uh, elsewhere? Charlotte and I were actually discussing this earlier, how obviously there's not loads going on, but once you start like drilling down into it and looking for people, you find people doing really interesting things. Who you um, know. Yeah, who you know and kind of. It's been an experience trying to get out and insert myself into the scene a little bit. <laughs> Which is the whole point of Ladies Big Comics in the first place. It's networking, you know? It's really informal. We just sort of get together and chat and drink and other artists share their work and talk about inspiring, you know, inspiring other people. It's great. First time I've really done anything like comic book and uh, but I do a lot of the local conventions like uh, Birmingham Comics Festival ICE which is on later this year uh, just up the road from here yeah I'm doing more sort of promotion locally getting to know and sort of meet people who work locally as well so yeah it's, it's, it's definitely interesting is there enough of uh, an interest amongst comics readers to pick up your titles rather than the kind of mainstream titles that are available people who want to try something new because a lot of the titles in here are like Marvel you know mainstream manga and stuff like that I personally prefer small press. I like that kind of real, kind of autobiographical, autobiographical story. So yeah, there is interest. Do you think that the hometown idea is somewhere like Birmingham, kind of a good place for? Because obviously a lot of Brummies are proud of the city and stuff. So having a comic that reflects that. From an outsider, I I think this this is great. I don't know. It's it's interesting seeing, I guess how people who have lived here for a lot longer than I have or know it a lot better, like their perspective. So yeah, their I'm gonna hometown. use that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> One think. of the interesting things about this hometown anthology is I thought it would be like warm fuzzy stories about, you know, their childhood, but actually it's they're all misfits, which makes sense because they're artists, aren't they? And artists, <laughs> are, you know, like the tortured artist stereotype. But yeah, they're still all proud of it. It all ends happily, like they're proud of where they come from, they're proud of Birmingham. Do you think it's interesting, you both talked a lot about that networking element. Do you think for a smaller press comic, is that network of support from other artists important? Is that different since you're producing a more, a more mainstream work? It's, it's, yeah, it's really important. I was just telling um, Ken a minute ago, there was one of our members who was, she didn't know anything about comics, but she wanted to make them. So she was like going to Pronto Print, like A4 pages, you know, stapling them together and just giving them out 50p. And she came to our meetings and she networked with um, Steve Tanner, who organizes, you know, Birmingham uh, Comics 
festival and he then started to meet up with her once a week and helped her with her piece for the hometown anthology and um, it's in there now eight pages and it's really lovely like it, she's come so far and he helped her get there so networking is yeah it's really important you learn so much I learned so much you know I've never made a comic before this one yeah I agree um, I mean my publication is about kind of getting artists to I don't know work together a little bit so because it's a collection of artists like some of them have actually gone off to do to do pieces together so two artists that have appeared in quite a few of the indestructible energy issues are actually working on a um, reactive comic together so one of them will write one page and then they'll send it to the other guy and he'll kind of write the next page and they've they're working on that at the moment so Andrew Walter and Dave Briggs um, it should I don't know when it will be out but it'll be awesome when it does come out yeah I'm, I'm just sort of slowly getting into the whole networking scene because I've, I've been quite insular writing my books and my comics it's all, all, I'm all doing it all by myself but the more I go to conventions and today is a small press day like like this start meeting people I met like like Steve Tano obviously he publishes stuff as well and I've already got ideas for another comic but I'm not sure whether I want to draw all myself because this this one took a heck of a long time you know networking I might like might like to find an artist who, who might draw it for me to my writing stuff like that so yeah it's it's, it's, it's really good I'm interested to know how, how different you found the processes the start was the same I just like did the outlining so it's like chapter by chapter I did it like page by page outline after that stage whereas with a, a novelist start writing certain chapters I'm, I'm one of those writers who just like bounces back and forth in different places in the novel I don't write chronologically instead of doing that I ended up starting doing layouts and I, I, so I, wrote, I wrote some parts of the book down as terms of like dialogue and scenes. Then I thought, well, hang on, I'm drawing it. There's no need to like detail what's in a certain scene. So then I just went ahead and drew it. And then at the end, once it had all been drawn, that made me change some of the writing. Do you think it will have a lasting impact on the way you write your novels? Is it Will it shift the way you think about it in the future now you've learned a slightly different way of, of building the story? Possibly, yes. I've started writing the third book now. I don't know yet. I think it's early days. I mean, I'm already thinking of writing a, a longer sort of graphic novel length comic work, and I'm just trying to work out that the best way to do that, the best way to structure that. So it, it might feed into the, the novel as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll, see, I'll see where it goes, but it could, um, it could be interesting. Yeah. I'm just going to ask you, if people want to find out more about you, your work, where can they get in touch, find out, buy your comics, join your uh, meetups? Uh, I've got a website at hungryblackbird.com. Uh, my Twitter's underscore Tony Cooper. I've got a Facebook page, Tony Cooper Author. So just find me on there. I... I put nonsense up there and links to my books and everything. We love a bit of nonsense on Definitely the Definitely do. Yeah. The website for the publication is indestructibleenergy.com and my Twitter is at fstopqueen. Um, the easiest way is to go to Ladies Do Comics, spelled L-A-Y-D-E-E-Z, do comics. Um, dot com. Um, we're also on Facebook, Ladies Do Comics Birmingham. It's about the same way. And or I, you know, tweet about it a lot at my personal Twitter account, Shazberry and C H A Z B E R I. And how regularly do the ladies do comics meet up? They meet up bi-monthly. The next one will be in two months' time at the beginning of the month. Um, check the website. Definitely check the website. Find out when that's happening. And everybody is welcome, I believe, to your meetup. Free. Everyone's welcome. Um, guys, girls. Thank you very much. Thank you all. We're now catching up with the wonderful Steve Tanner, who's actually one of our first ever guests on uh, on Geeky Brummy. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself and explain what it is that you do? I'm Steve, as you said. Um, I live here in Birmingham, and I write and produce comics. Uh, I've been doing that for more years now than I can remember. I was uh, very pleased to be able to come uh, to tell you a few, several weeks ago about my um, new comic, which came out, which is called Flintlock, which is now been released and it's now doing very well so I'm really pleased about it. <laughs> Always nice when that happens. Mm. <laughs> Tell us a little bit, a little bit about Flintlock. 
Well, Flintlock, it's an ongoing series, all set in the 18th century. So the idea is there's two issues released a year, once every six months, and all the stories take place within that 100-year timeline. Uh, but it's a shared timeline as well. So although the characters may never meet each other, what one character does say in 1727 will have an impact on another character in 1786. And the other thing that's different about um, Flintlock is that the, the lead characters in, in the stories are different from the usual. The, the highwayman character is female. There's a, a pirate character called Shanty who's female in South Asian. Um, we've also got a, um, a mechanical man called the Clockwork Cavalier. So the idea is as well, as well as telling um, adventure stories using realistic characters in a realistic setting and um, also introducing characters you don't normally see in comics too. Fantastic yeah definitely amazing to have that kind of a bit more representation in a slightly more diverse cast of characters. Fantastic. Uh, we've just been speaking to some of the panel about the importance of having that support network when we are creating a small press comic and the amount of people particularly locally that everybody here seems to have worked with someone else who introduced them to someone who helped them figure out how they wanted to do this. Is that something that you found uh, working on comics in the Birmingham area? Well I think it's not just the Birmingham area I think it's the, the British community, comics community as a whole. The whole community is very, very supportive. It's very different from many other kind of business models where as you produce something and someone else who produces something similar is your rival and you set out to kind of hammer them into the ground sales-wise. It, it, it's not like that. There's a great element of support. People, people love to see new people come and join that community. When people bring new books in and new, and new comics, we're always very interested to see what they're doing and support them um, directly. Um, to me, it's always great. Uh, when I first started uh, producing comics myself back in um, 2007, seems such a long time ago now, um, what was I found really terrific was so many people were very happy to offer me guidance and advice. Um, and over the years, have I, have I been producing comics myself? Now I find that I'm that person happy to offer guidance and advice. And that's how it should be because the, the more people that are, are, are joining the community and are producing great work and sharing it with everyone else, the better. So how did you get involved with um, Small Press Day and what do you think of, of, of the importance of a day like that to highlight all of these independent creators? One of the most difficult things if you're producing comics, if you're working outside the big companies like Marvel, DC, Image, is getting your work seen um, and promoted. So anything that gives um, a, an avenue for a smaller creator to share their work with other people can only be a, a great thing. Many shops across the, the UK, including uh, Nostalgia and Comics here today, already provide a lot of support for a small press creators in their area. To have a regular annual event that puts the spotlight on those creators right across the UK can only be a good thing. And I really hope it becomes an annual event that continues to grow and develop. Tony was saying before that, that having a day like this means that he's not getting lost amongst the, the bigger conventions where it's the focus is on uh, the bigger bigger titles, the pop star, the, the wrestlers or whatever that comes along to it. So having, like you said, having a day that purely is about these creators is a great thing. Oh yes, definitely. There is an abundance of writers across the UK who are producing some terrific work in comics and anything that they're able to use to share that work with new readers I mean it's a great thing um, and what's been great here today is that it's, it's kind of a, a local event as well so although it's happening nationally 
It's a local event here in the shop. So the people that I've been seeing throughout the day and I've been sitting alongside at the table are people that I, I already know. And so it's great to have that greater support as well. So it, it's a fun day out. Uh, you are, of course, one of the, the, the minds behind Berman Comics Festival. Uh, it's one that last year was my favourite convention. This year is my favourite convention. And one of the reasons I always tell people that it's actually about comics. It sounds daft to have to specify that for a comics festival. But as you say, there is often, there isn't that focus. Was that always part of the goal in setting up that festival? I devised the concept of the Birmingham Comics Festival uh, probably about four or five years ago now. The idea was to really have something which is comic-centric. The reason why it's called a festival is to suggest that element of celebration. Celebrating comics in all their forms, from creators who are just starting out to established professionals who are the um, industry legends. That's what the Comics Festival is all about. And the opportunity as well is having a number of other events around Birmingham throughout the month that the festival takes place to really promote comic art and its creators. That's what the Comics Festival is always designed to be. I assume you're well in the planning stages for 2017. Are there anything, you, any little tidbits you can tell us now or is it all still very secretive at the moment? A few things that are going on at the moment. All I can say is things will be slightly different next year, but we hope people will be very pleasantly surprised when we officially announce everything. I am excited, I can't wait. So there's always been a, been a convention highlight for me. If you want to catch up with you online, either for Burning Comics Festival or for Flintlock, is there anywhere we can do that? Official website is www.timebombcomics.com but um, Flintlock has its own Facebook page, uh, which is Flintlock Book Series. And Shanti the Park Queen also has her own Twitter account, um, which is at Shanti's crew. So um, you're welcome to kind of join the crew uh, that way and keep up with what's been going on. I'll be doing that as soon as I get home. <laughs> Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you. Hi, this is Erin Gray from Buck Rogers in the 25th century, and you're listening to Brum Radio. Now we're going to have a little bit of chat about what's upcoming in the world of TV with George and Phil. Any particular highlights coming up from you, Jen? Both? Oh, lots of things. There's lots of stuff I'm excited that's being renewed. I know that yes. uh, Humans is coming back for a second season, which makes me very, yes. very excited. I yeah. really enjoyed the first one. The first one was so a brilliant good. Such bit of good TV. TV. That makes me very happy indeed. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to um, Stranger Things on Netflix. It's mm -hmm. a sort of uh, Steven Spielberg meets Stephen King supernatural series with yeah. Winona Ryder. So that sounds like it probably come about after 11.22.63. And the success of that one because that was uh, a great little spin off. Quite so. possibly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a great series. Recommend to watch that if you ever get one. It's about um, the world's smallest eyed gentleman, <laughs> <laughs> James Franco, going back in time to around the time of the Kennedy assassination with his very, very tiny eyes staring at people. <laughs> uh, me, I've got two big things coming up Westworld. Looks absolutely yes. amazing. Nothing I think it's good. Yeah, I think they're designing it to be the infill between Game of Thrones. So that's going to be like yeah. their other flagship series of the year. And it's produced by J.J. Abrams, is yes. it not? Yeah. Yes. So it'll probably be there for half an episode for the first season, then disappear as usual. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys not slightly worried about this? Because there's been production delays, and H uh, production delays and HBO have been sort of canning stuff recently. Vinyl got cut recently. It seems that they've been a bit more ruthless. I think that was because they went from like, was it something like. 12 million viewers for episode one down to like less than a couple of hundred thousand at I the end of the season. I think I was the only person still watching it <laughs> <on> the end. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great show. It, it, it just needed more, I think. And it was it was perfect time period. I think people expect it to be like just a fake documentary of the Rolling Stones. Yeah. That, that's what kind of angle they sold it on and then it just diverted off into some random little world of record execs. 
poor old Bobby Cannavale, he can't get a break. No, never can. <laughs> After he will him. always be uh, the love interest from Will and Grace to me. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And that guy from Ali McBeal. Yeah, but I oh, think... Oh, of course. Yes. I think they've thrown enough money at Westworld for it to be possibly quite good. Uh, another one I'm really looking forward to on Netflix, Lost in Space. Danger what? Will Race. What? Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> They're remaking Lost in Space. Ten episodes on <gasps> Netflix. Oh my goodness. Danger Will Robinson. Danger. Oh my, oh my god. Yes. 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 Sign me up. I'm in. Shut up and take my money. This yeah. is, is going to be amazing. <laughs> no cast announced, no scripts announced, no information announced at all, really, just that they're making Lost I'm in sure place. that Gretchen Wieners can come back. She was in the film version. <laughs> yeah. oh, she's not busy. Lacey Shabbat's are always available. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Matt and potentially might be leaving Top Gear soon, so he might yeah. be available. Well, it's him or Evans, isn't it? So. <laughs> Chris Evans in Lost in Space. Let's <laughs> oh my god. Like, that is yeah. Writes itself. Doctor if you're, if you're listening, Netflix, hire us. Yeah. We're Doctor, available to Dr. write. Dr. Smith, yep. Chris Evans. Perfect casting. Absolutely <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Everyone, the person everybody Aww. loves to hate, apparently, on TV. <laughs> Sean, anything in the world of TV you're looking forward to coming up? Match of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Lineker does it in his pants, yeah. 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 Oh, my God, yeah. Well, the great thing about yeah. Match of the day is with Gary Lineker, he's just constantly expanding and his shirts are getting tighter, so I'm convinced eventually it'd just be like him just going, this is Match of the day, and then just buttons just firing it out. <laughs> <laughs> just take it. Da, da, da. <laughs> It would be a pretty great TV event. Yeah. Well, it's mostly renewals coming back, though. I mean, Archer has been confirmed for three series, as we mentioned. It has. Okay, because it did end on a cliffhanger. Yes, so it's been renewed up to season 10, but I think it's going to be shorter seasons going forward. Okay. It's about pretty short as it was. It was only. I think it was down to like eight. Yeah, I watched it in about two days without really trying. I was quite surprised it was finished. It was a bit one of those where I was like, oh, why hasn't the next episode come up? It's kind of like pressing the button on Netflix, like, where's the. Oh, there isn't one. Okay. It's it's always a disappointing feeling when instead of just like queuing up the next episode, you see a trailer for Netflix's like latest terrible original film. Yeah. (laughs) Starring this guy that you remembered from that series. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. no way to talk about Adam career. <laughs> <laughs> you, f- you phrase it with the word career. I, I still yeah. just say it's Downward messing spiral. about with money. Yes. Yeah. I love a damn good egghead film. Now don't be dissing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that was a genius move by Adam Sandler because it basically puts all of his Adam Sandler fans directly to one place to find all this stuff. And they do That's all like belong it. in one place. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let's be clear on that. Yes, in the bargain <laughs> Maybe not selection of them. <laughs> the same place as me, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, it, it would be the place that used to be the bargain money in Woolworths, but unfortunately oh, you no yeah. longer exists. Yeah. Some oh. great films that you Rest in peace. Yes. <laughs> Why are you guys all hating on Adam Sandler? I mean, come on, Happy Gilmore. He Billy hasn't Madison. been funny How many years ago was that Little guy? Nicky. Yeah. Little Nicky was Not a decent great. film, I will concede that. And that was it. And that was mostly due to Reese's fans. Yes. This guy's got serious ass and chops. Have you seen Punch Drunk Love? Punch Drink Love was amazing. So why doesn't he use them, guys? Yes. <laughs> why, why does he instead get his mates from Your the Your core thesis is flawed. <laughs> Grown-ups yeah. free, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that has been tainted by the touch of Rob Schneider deserves to be binned. Yeah. <laughs> I concur. Can I jump backwards slightly to TV mm. to express the fact that I have a lot of feelings about Orange is the New Black? Mm. Uh, which was, again, again one that of those excessively binge-watched the lot and was just... It was it, fantastic viewing, but very, very uncomfortable. I don't know if anybody else sat and watched them all as, I as rapidly have, uh, as I yet did. I have to watch a single episode of that. It's, oh. on my, it's on my very, very long binge list. Yeah. For, for the sake of, of mine and, and Phil's benefit, can you just give us the... Yeah, What's the vibe? Uh, because that, that show has been recommended to me a few times. It is fantastic. Orange is the New Black is set uh, in a, a women's prison. It is based on the real memoirs of uh, Piper Chapman, who's Piper something else in real life. 
Um, essentially, she's been uh, imprisoned after some drugs charges. Um, mm -hmm. She is actually awful. Piper is the worst, but all the other characters <laughs> in the show are fantastic. Isn't what's her face from that 70s show in it as well? Yes. Oh, yes. um, uh, yes. Laura. Laura Prepon. Laura yeah. yeah, who is. Yeah, again, all right. It's one of those yeah. where I think the main characters in the first season, they very quickly realised that everybody hated them, so they've kind yeah. of talked them out of the way. They're just kind of there in the later, 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 later episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this season was very, very intense viewing. Very intense viewing. Slightly uncomfortable at times, but fantastic TV. Yeah, has it turned more into a dramedy than a all-out comedy that it was it, it, it always was quite a mix um yeah. of kind of always there's always been those mix of moments that that are very hard to watch and moments that are laugh out loud funny but yeah, yeah some of the storylines i think particularly Game the storylines they were taking with sophia who's the uh, one of the who's a transgender prisoner this year has been yeah. incredible and it's been uh, it's been yeah fascinating to watch uh, okay that's us for the world of tv and film this week Pip Pip all, it's Mr B the Gentleman Rhymer here. You're listening to Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. And now it's time for... Pound Shop Cosplay. It is time for the wonderful world of Pound Shop Cosplay. This week's victim is Mr Guy Halford. Are we looking forward to this one here, Sean? Yeah, very much so. Uh, any opportunity to witness Guy making a fool of himself is <laughs> one that I'm happy to take. There's been and a special the hairdo done for this one yes. today, which m makes me quite excited about what it might be. Well, I thought it was Mr Barista with the haircut that he was doing. I've gone very, very early sports TV presenting. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed <laughs> that. It was acceptable in the 80s. Yes, yeah. it was. What? Just, what? What? I am. <laughs> Four. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this, this wow. is wow. Could you not find a red tarp? No, red tarp hauling <laughs> does not exist. This, wow, this is a beautiful yeah. thing. Yes, you're lifting, lifting off the magic of Molinor. Yeah, um, it's an actual hammer, people. Yes. This costume cost me the price of two pounds for a piece of tarp hauling, ground force tarp hauling. My ad was it Tommy Walsh's special, uh, or was possibly, it Charlie? Yeah, Dimmick? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a pound for the hammer. Yes. And the very kind assistance of my girlfriend to do my hair this morning. Yes, it's so, a very impressive hair. There you go. Yes. Well, I've got to thank Mazzy Snape for putting this idea into my head. She said I should go as four, and ever since then I was kind of like, well, I do sort of look like Chris Hemsworth. So <laughs> exactly, it's uncanny. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think really Thor sums up this costume. Slightly <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. obese Thor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bargain for. Yeah, bargain for. So. Fantastic. I'm, I'm just going to wear this for the rest of the show now. It is very I think impressive. It should. I think yes. the, the hammer in particular is, is excellent. Forget the rest of the show, just wear that permanently. <laughs> just the, the rest of your life. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That, that is now you. You've become I Thor. I wouldn't mind being a regular cape wearer, to be fair. So, um, you know. Yeah, no, capes. No, no, no capes. No capes. No capes. Oh, Incredibles. Oh, no. The Incredibles. Capes are dangerous. Oh. Yeah. Superheroes, they get yeah. stuck in things. Stuck Terrible. In lifts, yeah. Stuck in uh, doorways. Jet engines. I mean, to be honest with you, this is a bit less suffocating than the Baymax costume, so at least yeah. I can breathe while wearing this. This is true, this is probably less dangerous than yeah. Baymax, <laughs> made of plastic bags. Although yeah, just casually walking around with a hammer. And the top That's true. And the yeah. <laughs> it makes you look like a very dodgy builder. <laughs> kind of does. He's got wrapped up in his materials. Yes. I'm Batman, and I listen to the Geeky Brummy Show every Saturday at noon on Brum Radio. <laughs> Tell me why it's rubbish. Well, welcome. Ah, right, okay. This is the Sean Monet takeover of the Geeky Brummy Show. Ryan's just <laughs> chilling out, having a bottle of water. Uh, so Relaxing all cool. Yep, yep. 
<laughs> right, so this next section of the show is called Why Is It Rubbish? And this was the idea of uh, producer, my co-producer, Guy. Hello. Um, for the listeners' benefit, what is this section of the show all about again? I'm going to put it simple. We're talking about things that stink. Things that things that we hate. And then you're yeah. going to vote on them to decide yes. what thing stinks the most. Things that guy wakes up at night and screams at the ceiling like Stephen Mulhern. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to nominate Ryan to go first, though. Ooh. He hasn't, he hasn't thought about it. No, yeah. I haven't actually had to think about why something is rubbish. But I actually am going to say something why, about why it's rubbish. Very impolite bus drivers. Controversial. All right. I understand it's a crappy job. You're sitting there driving the bus for people who do not want to be on the bus nine times out of ten. Surely just crack a smile, say hello, good morning. Don't look at the thing when I put the money in and I say, what ticket do you want? Like it's some offensive thing that I put in exact change for you. Is that not how that's supposed to work? Yeah, anyway, but yes. We've <laughs> got ver- a man in reception. <laughs> hey. a man in reception, everybody. Yes, but very, very impolite bus drivers who sit there, pick their nose, scowl at people and read the sun whilst you're waiting to get somewhere on a bus stop. Uh, yeah, it seems like yeah, a bad one. I like that. Impolite yeah. bus drivers, down with them. I can support that, that hatred. Right, I'm going to hand over to George. George? Uh, I'm going to go for a slightly, slightly strange one again. Um, I'm going to go with glitter. Usually I enjoy glitter. However, it is stuck with you for life. I went to a Caribbean-themed party last night and I am still glittery. It, it's ridiculous. I don't, I'm going to be glittery for the rest of my life, I feel. I don't know what that is. Why is it you go somewhere where there's glitter involved and for weeks it's just... It is the herpes of craft surprise, unfortunately. It is. It's ridiculous. I feel like I genuinely am concerned I'm going to be glitty forever and I've got bits in my eyelashes currently so I can slightly see it it's really off-putting it's making yeah, I, my general existence quite challenging today I always find it amazing that like, if people send you a birthday card it's got any kind of glitter on you still like your still, whole house yeah. glittery forever yeah I mean, I've got no hair and it still ends up in my hair somehow <laughs> so how, how does this even work how does that happen no yeah. mad mad everywhere mm. right guy uh, why is it rubbish for me? It's better call Saul. What is the point of this show? <laughs> and everybody in the room is going to look at me really angry right now. We already know the end of the story. Get off the TV. Rubbish. <laughs> Sean, over to you. <laughs> oh, you're that much of a fan. I hate it. it. I absolutely hate it. Well, on to you. I'm in shock. How can, how can you diss anything Breaking Bad related? What's the point yeah. of the show? What's the point? Do you not like Cinnabons? Is that the issue? I, I just, I just, don't, I just know the story. I don't need any more of it. Boring. Nothing no. happened. In, I watched eight episodes of it. Nothing happened. <laughs> Are you? Is it in line with the Star Wars prequel for you? It's a story that you I already know. I don't mind story already know the end. Better call Saul and tell him he's cancelled. Get off my TV. <laughs> <laughs> Sean. Wow. I'm not, really, you. I'm not really sure how to follow that, to be <laughs> no. honest. I'm not, I'm well, not... you won our last round with the joys of Celebrity Love Island and... Yes. yes. Non-entity yeah. Love Island. Yes, yes. Pathetic reality show. Um, I'm going to... Right, before we went on air today, me and Georgie had a little bit of a chat about a certain drink that causes the most horrific hangovers. So I'm going for uh, Prosecco hangovers. Oh, as why yeah. is it rubbish? 
a couple of weeks ago, I was out with um, there's a, a friend of mine, a girl called Emma. Hello, Emma, if you're listening. Um, we, <laughs> she turned up from the bar with a bottle of Prosecco. I was like, I need somebody to share this with. Obviously, you know, I volunteered. And then the next day, I felt like I literally wanted to jump off my roof because um, <laughs> the, the hangover was so horrific. So um, if anybody can offer any kind of explanation for why Prosecco hangovers are worse than, a, than any other kind of hangover. Oh, terrible. It's up there with the red wine hangover, I think, which oh. is a very special level of pain. It's just because oh, it's cheap oh, champagne. white wine hangover. Maybe. Yeah. Worse. White wine hangover is basically a form of self harm. Yeah. But surely, surely a prosecco is. hangover even outdoes the white wine hangover. Mm. Oh, yeah. for, for me, anyway. For me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Phil, we're going to have a bonus. Why it's rubbish this week? Why is something rubbish to you? So the thing that I find the most rubbish in the entire world is celebrities who pretend that they've written their own books. What's that Ooh. about? Yeah. Ghostwriter syndrome. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not bitter. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it, and, and and the fact that the charts are just sort of you know clogged with with these kind of uh, factory assembled uh, yeah. tomes and 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 you know it's it's not a book it's branded content and why can't you just like stay with you know over there in the cheap perfumes where you belong like, leave, <laughs> in, leave in the, the book yeah. charts in the pound us. shop selection of. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. I think I, my favourites are the autobiographies by celebrities who are about 12. Kind of, what have you done? How yeah, can you write how, an autobiography? The story so far by Charlotte Crosby. Minutes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How can Joey Essex have written a book autobiography? Can Joey Essex I'm, I'm sorry, I was just about to <laughs> say. Probably I, not. The, fact yeah. that, the idea that Joey Essex has written his name. Yeah, <laughs> rather than just an X. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I, 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 Joey, for this. I mean, perhaps if it was know, a coffee reference. table book of finger paintings, I would believe that you know he genuinely created that himself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, I, I think we're going to have to throw this one out to Twitter yeah. now. Right? So think, yeah. Twitter poll, please vote what you like. Uh, impo- impolite bus drivers for me. Better call Saul for Guy. George with her glitter. Been glittery for weeks. Sean with your Prosecco hangovers. Prosecco hangovers. Yeah. And Phil with his ghost written memoirs of non entities pretending to be celebrities. I have to say, I think this is a good one this week. This, this is a good one. Yeah. It's a tough choice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, Ryan, at Geeky Brummy on Twitter. At Geeky Brummy on Twitter. Please vote and we'll reveal the results next week. It's time to play Top Trumps. Right, time. It's Time for the wonderful world of Top Trumps again. Producer Guy is playing for the producers. George is playing for George. Phil is going to guest spot for Keith this week. Guests are in the bin. (laughs) And I'll be playing for me. Yeah, they've already got a bonus point. They can catch up. Right, this week we're going with the wonderful world of Who's Your Hero from the Marvel Universe. Um, George, you can go first. All right, fantastic. I'm actually really happy with this one. This is kind of on theme, actually, with uh, with Guy's wonderful pound shop cosplay. I've got Thor, which Ooh. makes me really happy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the obvious. His strength is 30. Impressive strength. Mm. 33 zero, you say? Yes. Yeah, 30. Right. Phil, do you want to go next? Oh, um, I hate to break it to you, George, but I have <gasps> Thanos with strength at 44. Oh, Ooh, impressive, Guy. I was going to say, I've just pulled in a guest literally last minute. Hello. I'm going to go with strength of Rocket Raccoon 10, which I know has lost me. Yes. Damn you, Rocket. Special guest, welcome. Picking either, or does it have to be the one on Either one you want, we're going either on strength. In that case, I'll go with, uh, go with Red Hulk, strength 48. Impressive. Ooh. I'm going to go with War Machine. I, I, I budget Iron Man, and he's got a strength of 29, unfortunately. So guests come in with a quick win there. All right, so round two. Phil, you can pick this one. What do you want to go with? I am going to go with Thanos again with 13 size. Size 13. 
It's big feet there. It is, that is. George? Uh, I've got Ultron, who is a size 12, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> who knew? Good Guy? to know. I've got a Spider-Man who's a dinky size 7. Ooh, oh. a bit short there. Our special guest? Uh, I'm again going to have to go with Red Hulk, size 15. I've got War Machine again, size 13. So, complete battering by the guests there, right? He came in last again. minute and he just came in last minute. Congratulations. Oh. Do you want to give us a quick winner yeah, speech? Quick speech. I, it, it was a great victory. I, I'm glad that I was here for it. Wrapping for the guests. That's a good speech. I don't think let guests play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. No more guests. It's geeky goings on. I've got some geeky going on. Where's that nice pack of biscuits gone? <laughs> I don't know where that nice pack of biscuits has gone. Aww. We will find it shortly. <laughs> right, Guy is searching <laughs> high and low for biscuits on his chair, which have hidden behind Georgie's laptop, if that's where you want to find them. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's how we discover our yes. geeky goings on. We stick we Guy on the highest building in Birmingham. And, he, and it, it is, is like a search looks around. But we yeah. need to fill him with biscuits first. <laughs> Right. Uh, on at the map on 27th of August 8.30pm is Shaft Classic Classics show Can you dig it? Yes, which ties back to our Mostly Jazz Weekend which we had last week so have a listen back to that on Mixcloud if you've not heard it already uh, basically if you've never heard of Shaft where have you been living under a rock for the last 40 years but John Shaft is a, pla- is a private eye with a small office near Times Square he finds himself up against Bumpy the leader of Rack of a crime mob and then up against the nationals only to find he must work together with them to save Bumpy's daughter from the white media it's probably one of the most classic black exploitation films would you say that Keith? yeah it's it's brilliant I, I, I even like the yeah. uh, Samuel L. Jackson remake from a few years back just because it's Samuel L. Jackson being shot yeah. But, you know, nobody understands him like his woman. No, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, it's part of their Sundown Cinema series, which is where they get the outdoor screen hooked up at the Mac Birmingham, uh, which is some special-themed events, food, drink, classic films under the stars, uh, some very special added extras, and there'll be themed cocktails and food to go along with most of the films. What would a shaft-themed um, cocktail be? I was thinking about this while you were talking then, about when they do the, uh, <laughs> the themed food and drinks. Like, what would yeah. that be? Shaft does not strike me as a man who drinks a pina colada you know no. <laughs> it'd have to be a funky funky cocktail Sean are you giggling at the word shaft <laughs> <laughs> we've just broken oh no here's the double entendres again <laughs> I can't speak <laughs> anyway it's a great film I recommend it some of the other films they got on for Sundown Cinema is Hairspray on the 12th of August which I will not be near at all because I cannot stand that film <laughs> but some people That's might like some You've people got Clarity might Jane like. on at some point, a, yeah. a musical classic. You've got Rocky on on the 13th of August. Da, 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 da. Everybody can pretend to run up the steps and then wheeze at the top <laughs> whilst holding their hands aloft. The original, the best, Mad Max, Friday the 19th of August. Ooh, that's Always nice. worth a watch. Yeah. Uh, 26th of August is Psycho. 27th of August, which you want to cover your ears, it's Shaft again. <laughs> Uh, Calamity Jane, as you mentioned, George is on 28th of August and they're finishing off with the Blues Brothers on the 3rd of September. Absolute classic film. Stellar best line of best work there. from ba- Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. really, really, really recommend that one. Are they John? playing any Adam Sandler films? No. <laughs> they're in the basement. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're locked in the cupboard with never to be shown. Yeah. I do quite like the way you get double shaft in that whole yes. run of things. <laughs> Sean's just <laughs> having to turn around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's, yeah. 
But anyway, really recommend <laughs> Sundown Cinema. Always really good. They have the theme bar, special limited edition cocktails and mocktails. There's going to be a best dress competition with most of the films as well, where you can win a, two tickets to the next Sundown Cinema event. So someone's going to maybe be the best dress shaft. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to go down in our parent shop cosplay. <laughs> yes, there please. you go, guys. There's a task for you to make a shaft costume from parent shop cosplay. Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's it for us this track. week. Yes, we're going to that track now. That's us. For, that's it. Try again. That's all for Gigi Brummy this week. Please tune in next week when we'll be a little bit more mature. Try again. We'll try right. anyway. Yes, I'm, I'm so <laughs> hoping that we go into shafts. Yes. <laughs> yes. So anyway, thanks very much for listening to us this week. We'll catch you again next week with more slightly probably less double entendres less Oops. shaft less shaft less shaft more geek talk so we're going into a track now it's our epic track of the week is it the theme from shaft it is the theme from shaft <laughs> bye everybody and good afternoon it is time for your usual hour of chaos here on Brum Radio on a Saturday afternoon it is the Geeky Brum Show and I think we have the world's most packed studio today we have as wonderful as always producer Sean and Guy hi gentlemen hello your word is your bond yes (laughs) we have co-presenters George hello Keith hello Dave from Ace and Arm Cosplay is in with us as well hey guys and we have three extra amazing Brum Radio presenters we have Phil Ellis from the Tall Tale Show hello 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 we have Caitlin Whitaker from Music for Airports and we have the nicest man in radio, <laughs> and he will always be known as that on this station. It is Dan Cooper Gavin it's from nice. Theatre of the Absurd. Hello, how you doing? Hello. Right, so today we're going to have an amazing breakneck speed of show. We're going to have interviews part two from Small Press Day. We'll be chatting a little bit about Pokemon Go, which seems to be the biggest craze of all time at the moment. Uh, we have Pound Shop Cosplay from Philip Ellis, <laughs> which we are all looking forward to. Uh, we can have a little bit of a game of Theme Worms, our newest feature. Hi, I'm Dave Massey, and you're listening to Geeky Brummy on BrumRadio.com. Pokemon Go is now launched in the UK officially. I mean, I think I've been playing it for about two weeks, unofficially prior to that one. But it seems to be the biggest thing in the world known to man. George, you're playing? I am. I'm obsessed. I I don't know why. I didn't... I wasn't a Pokemon fan first time around, so I'm not sure why I've become obsessed, but I am. I can't help myself. Yeah. I mean, I think I was old enough for it both times around, but as the geek that I am, I do have to play it. Dave, you been in? Yeah, yeah, I downloaded the the file as soon as it came out illegally, but, uh, (laughs) you know. Not that we ever condone that on this station, of course. Please source your apps legally from the relevant place. No, it's it's been an experience coming down and playing it in Birmingham compared to back home, because there's absolutely nothing near me. So, coming here and there's, you can't move for them. Yeah. So you can just know monsters up north? (laughs) I'm the only monster up north. (laughs) (laughs) Keith, have you been playing yet? I've downloaded the app. I play on the bus to and from work. Yeah. That's the best way of doing it. Yeah. Because where I am in between, there's nothing yeah. around. So I just play on the bus. Sorry, you're not just taking pictures of people on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> taking pictures of people on the bus. Allegedly. Yes. I, I, cannot, I cannot confirm or deny any of those allegations, Guy. Guy, you're the only one who's managed to injure himself so far playing this game. I pride myself on not normally falling over, and uh, I, when I was playing this silly little game, I, uh, I, I tripped up when walking down the street, so I've decided I'm not playing it. 
I feel that it should be noted that this falling over came about four hours after he told us the game was rubbish. So <laughs> not rubbish enough for him to stop playing and play it so intently you fell over. Yes. Sean, you hate this game, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, literally. Uh, right, and the only reason for it, I don't mind the game itself, it's just the fact that it's having an impact on my social um, goings on. Like, you're out at a party or at a bar with your friends and they decide that they need to just uh, pop away and go and zap a Pokemon and, you know, what's that about? It's ruining my nights out. I'm DJing tonight and I'm absolutely convinced that at one point, no matter what songs I'm playing, I could play the best set ever and half the people in there are just going to walk off and go and try and get a Pokemon. It's genuinely a concern. Yeah, but if an Onyx turns up, everybody's going to leave. Sorry, <laughs> that's the way it is. <laughs> Phil, you've not pl- not succumbed yet? Um, I've, I've not played the game. I've been following the trend um, as a journalist. I think yeah. parts of it are really interesting. Um, yeah. The fact that it's a, a video game which compels people to go outside and explore the world around them um, yeah. is quite novel. But I kind of do agree with Sean. I was, I, um, was out with friends the other night went to the bar to get around when I came back they'd gone outside to catch Pokemon so it's I think I think it's you know if you've got like yeah. some spare time during the day and it, you, you've got this glorious weather then yeah. by all means go around Birmingham exploring I hear St. Paul's Square is a bit of a hot spot yeah. but then you know sort of put, it, put well. it you know put it back keep it in your pocket yeah. for your nights out yeah I think they are on the verge of renaming Pigeon Park Pidgey Park just for the amount of people <laughs> playing Pokemon in there but they're going to rebrand the city there's a thing about it, keep it in your pocket just <laughs> covers a lot of areas not the double entendres yeah. again already but has any, has anybody actually seen anybody under the age of 18 playing this game so far because everybody I've seen seems to be 25 30 yes. plus I, I have to back this up uh, I was talking to a guy yesterday who's 45 and it's his favourite game and his kids don't play it what I, I, I think it's an escape from the world the way it is at the moment with what's going on in UK politics, American politics. That, that's that's been my take on it. So I yeah. I don't personally get it, but I'm not going to begrudge anyone a little yeah. bit of harmless entertainment if yeah. it distracts them from the state of the world at the moment. Yeah, and it and it it's a great way to get people out exercising as well, who probably wouldn't normally exercise. And tripping over and getting yes. hit by hit by cars. I, I mean, I, we must just <laughs> and have driving a, into police cars, a safety yeah. warning because there have been muggings in the US yes. by. Uh, by criminals putting lures in alleys and, uh, and bringing, you know, yeah. e- exactly. So, I mean, if you're going to go hunting Pokemon, you know, you wouldn't yeah. normally go walking down a dark alley at night. Don't yeah. do it just because there's a, a Charizard there or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin and Dan, have you had any experience with the game yet? I've not myself, but I've got nothing against it. I find it uh, actually quite an amusing spectator sport, just watching people <laughs> walking around parks, yeah. staring at their phones in different directions. Yeah. I quite enjoy it. It's passed me by completely because I work from home and so my wife's not playing and my four-year-old son's not playing and I'm not, so I've got no idea what the hell's going on. But I will say that I've been reading, just to bring it back to the real world actually, I've been um, reading the whole conspiracy theory about it potentially being like a surveillance tool and, you know, people kind of like getting footage of... You know, sort of nooks and crannies of, yeah. like you know. I mean, they're they're getting so much valuable data from yeah, you. Yeah, they really yeah, they really are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why it's free. If it's if an app's free, you're the product. That's always the way it's going to be. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, have we just done uh, some kind of government like Big Brother is now upon us via the medium of Pokemon? We're we're saying? taking on Big Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Who's handing out the tinfoil hats? <laughs> <laughs> this is mad. It's, it's the Pokemon industrial complex that we're oh. fighting against. <laughs> George, but has. The unfortunateness of having a Pokestop at a house. Already. I do, I do live in a Pokestop. It's not even that there's one nearby. My house is literally a Pokestop, which is actually quite useful because I can sit on my own Wi-Fi, not chew up all my data, or lose batteries. I can just, yeah, connect into the charge, catch Pokemon. Perfect. Pokestop, there's a double entendre. 
Hey, I have to ask, do you get people just coming and knocking on your door, though, asking if they can come in your house now? Just so <laughs> I've not had it yet. This is happening. This you is do happening. occasionally notice that there are some randoms kind of standing around outside, staring very intently at their phones. Yeah. I hope they're playing Pokemon, and that's yeah. why there are weirdos standing outside my house. But I, mean, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I'm hoping for with Pokemon, it's going to make people more social again. Is it seems to be a case of a lot of people will meet at gyms, which like where you can go and fight other people's Pokemon, and it seems to be that. <laughs> Sorry, just that yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the first Pokemon Go marriage because yes. there are there well, there are meetups happening. Well, of hun- I think in Birmingham happen, actually, yeah. hundreds of people meeting up um, and playing the game yeah. together. And I, I think it's you know Birmingham Museum and Art Gallery has one tomorrow where you can go around the and have a tour of the museum whilst catching Pokemon. I think Dave in reception is going to be joining in on that one. So if you want to say hello to Dave, you'll find him there. But it, it, it's it's the the social aspect is something that should be quite good for the game um, it's already overtaken Tinder probably is the best dating app in America at the moment so I, I just think if you the argument that it's actually encouraging people to be more socially active I genuinely that's amazing well, to be more socially active with other people who are yes. also playing the game if you're if yeah, you're not playing the it's, game it's you, you do feel a bit excluded yeah don't get me wrong it's not that I'm saying that it's a rubbish game nobody should play or anything like it's just like I think when you're out and about it's just good if people are actually still talking and still getting involved with one another you know yeah, I mean, as I said, tweet in your opinions on the shirt, on the Pokemon. You can find us at Brum Radio on Twitter or at Geeky Brummy, either one of those. Uh, please head in. Right, we're just going to slide it into another track now, and then we're back with a slide little... Slide it in? <laughs> Start with the oh, double entendres. Guys! <laughs> I'm going to ban you from this show if you carry it. Anyway. Carol Barrowman here, and you are listening to Brum Radio. That's my big sister, and we love the Brummies! And this is my wee brother! Of course, we couldn't come by and not say hello to Geeky Brummy favourite, the wonderful Joker Birch, who came on a couple of weeks ago to talk about her comic Bloods. Do you want to uh, remind us uh, about who you are and what the comic is? Yeah, I'm a Joker Vetch, local comic book writer. Uh, the comic is based on a family ghost story, the first story my mum ever told me about my uncle, the ghost of my uncle, I should say, coming back to save my life when I was a baby. So ever since that day, I felt quite protected compared to my uh, family members. I've had a good life, good career. Um, got good friends but my family they're a different case to be honest even though they're good people they've had a lot of bad things happen to them and I guess it just plays in my mind a lot so I decided to kind of write this comic as a bit of therapy I guess but in the story what happens is that my main character Lucy from that beginning she's still haunted by this uncle every day so it's a story about her starting to investigate exactly why and why it is that she's got this kind of ghostly protector if you want to call him that but the rest of her family are just so messed up. How did you come to be involved with Small Press Day? Just saw about it online. I used to work for briefly for Broken Frontier, the site that Andy Oliver is the editor of. If you don't know who Andy Oliver is basically he is small press in the UK's biggest champion and he set up this small press day so Andy was stupid enough a couple of years ago to ask me to uh, be a journalist on Broken Frontier yeah I lasted for a few months because I'm not very good at writing about other people's comics regularly I'd rather be writing my own so um but I saw, of course I know Andy and I saw what he was doing I thought this was amazing and as soon as I saw that my mecca Nostalgia and Comics yeah the centre of my power <laughs> was doing this I had to had to come along So how significant is it to have a, a day purely dedicated to all of our small press creators? It's really significant um, the fact is is that there's a when we talk about women in comics 
There's actually a huge gender bias in small press. Self-published comics are dominated by females. Where girls aren't coming in is um, is the published stuff, the big, the books with big publishers. So um, that's an that's really interesting um, because basically what we're struggling against is a very male paradigm uh, in in big publishers. You've either got you know the superheroes, the those so popular in tights. We've got Image, even though Image are doing more stuff with girls. It's just, I don't know, there seems to be like this glass ceiling that um, published comics are not the stuff that, that girls are writing about. I, I just think it's perception. I just I just really think it's glass ceiling thing. So this, a whole day dedicated to us, is sisters doing it for themselves. And that's, that's your soundbite for the day. And this seems to be a really common thing that's come up with everybody we've spoken to is about that support network that there seems to be within the small press industry. There isn't, there's no backbiting, there's no narcissism, there's no, I'm your competition, I don't want to do it. It's kind of, oh, you need someone to help you with this. I know someone who can do that. Do you think, do you, is that something you find to be true in, in your experience? Overall, yeah, um, very much true. See, there's not a lot of money in comics, even at like the big two, an image. There's actually, you know, there's people at Image who are actually selling less than blood. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing, really. I think that why there's a bit of kind of, there's a lot of rivalry over the bit, the very small bit of publishing money that there is out there. Um, but when it comes down to small press, because we ain't making any money, there ain't nothing to argue about. There's like this great information share amongst people. And to be honest, I hope that never, ever, ever stops. Comics is the only place where I can completely control all my destiny. And you're surrounded by other people who are into that as well. So you get to share ideas. You know, today we've just thought of an idea where I'll set up a Facebook group so that people who are, say, going to Glasgow Con will say to other people, look, I'm going to Glasgow, I've paid for the ticket, I've got my car. Does anyone want me to sell their comics whilst I'm up there? So we're going to start that kind of a collective. You know, you're never going to... Could you imagine, like, I don't know, Scott Snyder or, you know, just palling up to, I don't know, like, Dan Slot or something going, hey... Hey, I, I'm going to New York. I'll take some Spider-Man. No way. Do you think this is a, a particularly British outlook, a British thing, the, the small press thing, or do you think it is, it is a global thing? Are there other creators out there globally that are doing something similar? That's a really interesting question. Off the top of my head, I don't really know. I know that um, some people have said to me who are US-based that certainly when you go to comic stores, they do not have the access to small press or even image. You know, a lot of the comic stores out there, all they will carry is Marvel and DC. There are small presses in other countries, certainly they're self-published, especially in America. There is a lot. Because I'm not out there, I, I don't want to speculate. Yeah, we're, we're nice. We're nice over here, but... Um, on Twitter, I think they're pretty supportive of each other in the States and everything. It's, yeah, I, th I think the main thing is trying to get into stores over there. They, they haven't got the equivalent of a nostalgia and comics on their doorstep. I think that's one thing that I've certainly seen, seen them saying. So. And where can we buy blood? We want to read the comic. Well, I'm going to put some stock back in nostalgia and comics because you've had no stock for a few weeks because you sold out. So it'll be in there. It's always available on, well it is now, on www.2000bc.net and I, by my own fair hands, will ship that out to you. So obviously it's extra special. You have to pay for the postage, but you know, I've licked the stamp. <laughs> so you've got my DNA. Keep those envelopes. From Marvel. <laughs>
yeah, yeah. You used to call that clone like the perfect comic writer from me. It'd be like Jurassic Park. Can you imagine that? Like a Tyrannosaurus Joe. I think that ought to be an idea. I think you've just climbed your next comic. I think I have. I think I have. Everybody loves a dinosaur, don't they? Tyrannosaurus Joe. There we go. That's my next comic. Look for it here. Public appearances, you've got one coming up in September, so if people want to come and actually meet you... Yes, I will, I will be. The, for the rare honour of seeing me in public, and I promise that I won't be hungover, as I am doing this interview right now. I will be at Birmingham Ice, uh, which is in September the something. Suggest you look it up online. It's on September the 10th, Saturday. I have a table there. Blood issue one will be available. We will have previews of issue two... I um, was hoping to get it done, but you know, genius, it, it, you can't rush it. So please be patient and wait for issue two. It will be worth it. Thank you very much, Joe. That's amazing as always. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. The, I think I believe the last panel of the day in Small Press Day at Nostalgian Comics. Yeah, I think we do what we did last time. Start at the end and uh, work our way along the line. We uh, tell us your name and uh, what it is that you're here representing. Oh, hello. My name's Veta Benita. I'm selling the books on behalf of Gustavo Olivo. We first started off because he always creates stories and reads stories to small children. And I thought it was a good idea that he, if he could publish them, but obviously he couldn't get a publisher, so he went down the self-publishing line and printed the books. There's the first one he got self-published was Augusto, a frightened little acorn. It's such a lovely story about this little acorn growing up and being scared of the dark and growing up, so that's a brilliant book. His second book, which we went on to, is My Monster, about a monster hidden in a wardrobe, but nobody can see it, only a little girls, only little children, so it's a lovely story. Final one um, for today, which is the third book for sale here, is about Amelia Dyer. I'm not sure if you know about this woman, but it's a real character from the 18th century. In part, some people have heard of Jack the Ripper. Well, Amelia Dyer killed over 400 babies. So we adopted the story about this notorious woman, about this evil girl growing up in London and, you know, wanting to kill everybody. But it's a lovely, it's a bit more, I would say, young adults rather than children's story. And it's a Victorian tale of horror. <laughs> sounds, sounds amazing. It does. So we're going to scooch down the cable just a little bit. Seen on the table some some bits and pieces that just make my heart swell. Really, um, one of those things that has been with me for a good thirty plus years. Hi, my name is Dave, and I'm half of Future Quake Press. For the last ten years, we've been uh, putting out comics, mostly Future Quake, Something Wicked, and the 2000 AD fanzines Zarjaz and Dog Breath. I'm at the event today here at Nostalgia and Comics, promoting the the very latest issue of Future Quake, fresh from the printers last night, along with the Zarjaz Summer Special for 2016. Small press day is in immensely important to the local comic scene. There's so many creators who very rarely get a chance to actually visit shops and sell their wares. They have to make do with the goodwill of the shops that we work with. So an event like this is tremendously important and I'm proud to be here. And lastly in our lineup, this is one of our previous guests that we spoke to at the Comics Festival earlier in the year. Hello Stephen. Tell us a little bit about your book and why 
you're here on Small Press Day. Okay, I'm I'm here as Small Press Day as well as the the Grand Tour, which we talked about back in April at uh, the Comics Festival. I, we also have our brand new title, The Meditating Businessman, issue one, which came out at the end of May. We're here given the opportunity to promote our our work in the area of Birmingham, but from you know the best Birmingham, the best comic book shop in Birmingham, Nostalgia and Comics. So yeah, when you're asked to come and sit in your favourite shop for like a day and talk to other people about your comic, you're like, yes, please, yeah, I'd, I'd like to do that. So Sounds like the perfect way to spend a day. Yeah, that's not a bad job, is it? Definitely. <laughs> do you think that there is a difference in working in Birmingham in this kind of industry than there is elsewhere in the country? Can't really say, because I've only done this in the Midlands. So, yeah, there is a large creative group in Birmingham. There, yeah, A few years ago, Birmingham were trying to promote themselves as the creative city of the country. And so there are, yeah, you, you walk in, you know, there's nostalgia every first Wednesday of every month they do a social staff and punters come in together have drinks in like the Victoria just around the corner and through that you meet other people who are artists who are writers who have their own projects or you can get together with to do your own future projects with which is what we've we've done so yeah it's the community is there and through social media and you know little centres like this you're able to draw together and produce great things that seems to be the buzzword for small press day that sense of community yeah definitely there definitely seems to be that kind of vibe that yeah everybody's been talking about that community spirit is that again interested to see what the rest of the table think about that well there wouldn't be a small press if it wasn't for a community um pre-internet days when emails were a long time away i was involved in some small press back in the late 90s and it was all done by a post you know, every, you know writers <laughs> took forever to get scripts to people and then artists they never got any feedback whereas now you can draw a page scan it upload it and you get feedback the same day which greatly improves the storytelling process. The whole community aspect of, of the Small Press, it, it's wonderful. Events like Small Press Day or the Edgebaston Comics Day uh, Expo back in April or even Thought Bubble in Leeds in no November, they're effectively the works outings. You know, we spend all our time in our little rooms or our houses making our, our comics and those are the times we get to go out, meet the people who actually pay for our gear and have a good time. And of course, most of us are lonely kids no one talked to at school and so it's a great way to be popular. Yes, I think the small press day is a very good idea. It's given me an opportunity to meet fellow artists here with nostalgia, and I hope it continues. I assume, yeah, this idea of yeah that, that support network has been such a running theme today, so it's lovely. As you say, I suppose, because so many comics creators are people who are such shut away in their offices. We have to be social today, you know? So we have prescribed elements of therapy. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we, it's kind of like a recovery program. We have to commit to so many outings a year. And this is one of them where we have to go and we have to talk to people. We can't just stare at our monitors or our notepads or our sketchbooks. We don't talk to, if we don't meet the public and talk to the public, they won't know we're here. They won't realise just how wonderful comics are and get involved. Anybody can do this. Comics are for everybody. Since, since I was little, I've loved comics just purely because of the nature of the diverse range of stories that could be told. So, you know, some something seen like something like Zarjaz and stuff, where, where 2000 for me, there was like a dozen different stories in that title, all different kind of things. You had action, you had battle, and you know, the, it's, it's the new British comic scene where all these small presses are putting out some brilliant titles of all different types, of all different genres, in all different art styles. I mean, just looking across the table already, you can see, you know, different ways of 
producing and packaging the comics. So if people were looking to kind of pick up your books, find out more about all your various creators and, and what's where, where can they find you online? They can find Twitter, www.gustavoolivo.co.uk and also Twitter, at sign, g.olivo. Uh, for Futurequake, it's very simple. It's www.futurequake.co.uk or on Twitter at FQ Quake. Yes, go then. Go there right now. If you've ever seen a copy of 2080 and want to relive those glory days, go go there now. Um, you can find our website, which has examples and little snippets of two books we have. Uh, the GB's Comic.co.uk. That's G E B E. Or you can find us on Twitter at The GB's Comic. Fantastic. Thanks very much for talking to us, guys. Thank, thank you all very much. My name is Corey Brotherson. I am the writer of uh, Magic of Myths and also Clockwork Watch. How did you come to be involved with Small Press Day? Well, I actually had an email come out of nowhere from Surfer Dave, as he's, as he's colloquially known as, asking if I wanted to be part of the entire event. And I was a bit kind of bewildered at the time. I, I just really didn't know what was happening or if there was any sort of formal thing. And I said, oh, yeah, it sounds really great, but I'm actually on my honeymoon at the moment, so I'll get back to you in a week or so. About four months passed, and... Uh, <laughs> And Dave came up to me again and said, are you still doing this thing with us? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, sorry, I really forgot about it. But yeah, great, thank you. So yeah, I, I was a bit bewildered and I didn't even realise it was actually a formal nationwide thing until about three days ago. But yeah, it's been fantastic. So you could tell us a little bit about, about your comic? Well, Magic and Myths, the, the high concept of it is essentially cross between Alice in Wonderland, Clash of the Titans and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Kind of broken down. It's about a young lady called Eve who is an English teacher in uh, New York, funnily enough. She's trapped in a strange fantasy world, which is full of references to other works of fiction and uh, classic mythology, Roman and Greek. And she's having to do these kind of five Herculean, Perseus-style labours to, to get back home. But back home, um, she's underappreciated by her students. Um, she has an overbearing mother. Her father wanted a son, so he doesn't really talk to her. She's wondering if her real life really is actually any better to go back to after she's done all these things and she's been chosen to be this mythological heroine. At the same time, when she's doing all these feats, there's all these different references to other works of literature and, and fiction. So we have references from his Dark Materials, Harry Potter, to things like Samuel Beckett's Waiting for Godot and uh, William Shakespeare's um, Midsummer Night's Dream. So um, all these things are there for a very particular reason and then she eventually finds out uh, why she's been chosen and she realises that price is far too high and she wants out of it. But by then, she's dealing with gods and monsters and witches and uh, that's not something you can do easily just step away from so the story then revolves around her trying to um, get herself out of this predicament this uh, this 15 minutes of fame has turned out to be far more costly than she'd ever wanted and uh, she really wants to kind of step back from that so it's a bit of a meta commentary as well on X Factor and idol <laughs> lifestyle these days lots of different people have suggested we come and speak to you rumour has it you're going to be at San Diego is that right <laughs> <laughs> it is it is I'm actually flying out next Sunday to San Diego Comic Con this will be our fourth year there, so we've been very fortunate. I'm flying out with my um, co-creator, Yomi Ayeni, who's a writer, director, um, one of the founders of Drum and Bass. He, he's a jack-of-all-trades, and he created a um, historical clockwork watch, which I adapted from his original screenplays, and he started writing separately from that as well. And we're, we're going there to launch another clockwork watch book and a uh, Magic and Omnibus book. And we, we go there dressed up in tweed, as uh, because clockwork watch is actually a steampunk story. As far as I'm aware, the, we're the, actually the only black Brits that dress up in tweed that go to San Diego every year <laughs> for the last four years. Which um, has gone us a bit of a reputation in the process, but it's good. A bit hot and itchy, but it's it's good. I think that's about about as different as that can be. Really, the two extremes between something as enormous to the industry as San Diego Comic Con and then doing something like a small press in your local comic book store. Do you think there is a, a space for both things? Are both equally important to you? 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Having, I've been doing this for about, oh, probably about the better part of 10 years now. The one thing that I, I've always tried to maintain is that the small press is, is a massively important part of the industry in itself. You know, everyone loves Marvel, everyone loves DC, and everyone loves the, the big boys in the indie circuits, such as Image, Dark Horse and such. But, but ultimately, I owe my point, this point in my career, which is still hopefully growing. I'm still far from being anywhere near an even medium-sized name, let alone a big name. But I owe a lot of my career to this point uh, to to guys who have wanted to take a chance on me in the small press. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm still within the small press anyway, as, as today is kind of proven. But it's, it's fantastic to be part of that. This is just as important as big conventions like San Diego Comic Con and Fort Hall and the MCMs because this is this is essentially where everyone starts and you get to actually be with the people who read your stuff. And, and that's what we all want. We want to actually communicate and, and actually be with the people that read our stuff because they're the most important people to the whole process in the first place. So how difficult or easy did you find it to actually get your stories, your creations out there in, in the market for the actual production of your books and, and distributing them? It started off really difficult, to be honest. I went through a massive life change and when I was younger and I was about 25 years old and essentially I decided that I was going to stop hanging around, waiting for something to happen and just go out there and start making books. I went through a lot of submission processes, a lot of rejections and then eventually um, a friend, uh, Daniel Lundy, who runs his own kind of uh, publisher essentially, he kind of took a chance on me to do a short story and, um, and that kind of got the ball rolling. I got to start talking to artists and I started to get a bit more confidence and get my stuff out there. And now these days I do stuff which is work for hire and self-published, but it's still always that little bit difficult. It's a lot easier these days to get your stuff out there because you can, there's a lot more tools to get your self-published stuff out to the public and comic book shops like Nostalgia and Comics are very happy to, to take your books as well. But uh, compared to say five, six years ago where comic book shops were a little bit more um, kind of, I guess, tentative in, in going down that route of indies. But it's a lot of time, it's a lot of work, and to be honest, it's uh, it's not very easy half the time, but um, but I, I've appreciated the fact that I've got so many great artists and great writers and letterers that want to work with me, and so many people that have got the experience to, to really give me the advice to how to get stuff out there, which is essentially doing the work, and then going to shops and going, we've got this, this book out here, would you like to, to stock it? And it just seems to be the theme for the day. I think the buzzword has definitely been community. Everybody we've spoken to has talked about the importance of the support from the local shops and being able to actually get out there and speak to their readers. Is that something you'd agree with? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's um, having that ability to do that and being in an age where it's a lot easier to actually communicate back and forth between creator and reader uh, through the internet, it's just been absolutely valuable. And days like this uh, only, only serve to help that. Again, not making, not understating how old I am in that respect, but when I first started, um, there wasn't any Twitter. Just about Facebook and uh, MySpace was the big popular social network at the time. And so feedback was very limited. You would probably get a few people commenting on community forum boards, that sort of thing. And that'll be as far as it'll go. These days, with all the social media out there and, and days like this, having that feedback, immediate feedback, is uh, is great. It's not to say it's all good. Obviously, having that ability to, to feedback straight away means that you get a lot of snap judgments or you get people that just really want to go out there and uh, <laughs> and jab you with a stick to see what you're going to do. But but it's it's brilliant to have that sort of community. And, and I think the small press community, especially the British small press community, which I've obviously had the most experience in within, have been nothing but supportive and nothing but really just very very appreciative of, of the fact that we have this kind of landscape of of kind of creators and impressed like yourselves that are open to, to talking and, and communicating with everybody else and giving everyone a chance really to get make sure that their voice is heard and I, I certainly wouldn't be here without that community if people want to find out some more about your work or of course your adventures in tweed in san diego is there anywhere <laughs> online we can track you down <laughs> uh, we want to see the photos from san diego 
Oh, <laughs> uh, well, okay. So there's quite a few avenues. Um, I mean, my full-time job is actually for PlayStation. I work for PlayStation Park and PlayStation.com. So you'll actually be able to find me on there and communicate with me via there. I do have a blog site. I haven't updated it for a while, but it is probablybrivesome.com, I think it is. We've also got magicandmyths.com, which is the main site for Magic and Myths. Again, it hasn't been updated um, more recently, but it is something that we're looking into. I'm available on Twitter as Corey Brivesome. Just... My name is quite unique. <laughs> so I'm actually the only core person on the internet as far as I've found, which is very, very strange. But yeah, it, that's probably the quickest and easiest way to get hold of me, Corey Brotherson, um, via Twitter, or one word. And also, if you actually wanted to see some of the pictures from San Diego that we've done in the past over the last four years, definitely go to CoreyBrotherson.com or .co.uk, whichever one actually works, or alternatively go to Geek Syndicate. I actually do occasionally do some um, some stuff for Geek Syndicate. It's run by uh, two amazing gentlemen, um, Barry Nugent and Dave Monty. Brilliant, brilliant guys. And and uh, when we first had our first year at uh, San Diego, they offered uh, us uh, a platform for us to <laughs> tell our experience to the world. So I've done, I did actually did like a diary for every single day that we were there for that whole week, which included uh, encounters with uh, armed patrolmen, signs of rattlesnakes, and uh, me spilling a horrible amount of water on my laptop. Yeah, and also pictures of us in Tweed. So do feel free to go over there and uh, go over to magicmister.com as well. We have a few pictures from San Diego there, and uh, you'll probably be able to see our exploits between uh, several various sites, I'm sure. Fantastic. Thank you very much for talking to us and have a fantastic time at San Diego. I'm really jealous. I don't know about you, Keith. Yeah, <laughs> desperately jealous. So thank you, Corey, for talking to us. Thank you very much. And you guys should, should come along to San Diego. We'll quite happily smuggle you in the, the case. So uh, just, just let us know when. Provide our own tweet. <laughs> <laughs> All the better. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We've met some amazing creators today through uh, Small Press Day, and yep. I'd like to thank Nostalgia for letting us invade for a few hours. <laughs> it's been fantastic, it's like unprecedented behind the scenes access, I think, at Nostalgia today. We've been everywhere, it's been great. <laughs> yeah. And I highly recommend that of all the creators that we've met today, you go out, you find their stories, you find their books, buy them, support them through online, or come down to Nostalgia and pick up the books themselves. But yeah, and I hope that next year we get another Small Press Day. Definitely, uh, yeah, it's such an important thing to yeah, find these stories that otherwise wouldn't be out there. Yeah, yep. definitely go and check out everybody we spoke to today. Yeah, and thanks to all of the creators that we've spoken today for giving their time. Amazing group of people. Thank you, guys. Hi, this is Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers in the 25th century, and you're listening to Brum Radio. And now it's time for How Shabby Cosplay. And it is time for Pound Shop Cosplay, and today's victim, which we're now going to theme it in, is the wonderful Mr. Philip Ellis, the master of Rum Radio Tall Tales. Mr. Ellis, do you want to join us? He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't look any Shame. different. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is how he normally dresses. I don't think there was an outfit involved. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel empowered. Yes. <laughs> so, what is the Pound Shop Cosplay today? So, uh, today, Ryan. I am going to be Cersei Lannister. <laughs> no green fire in the studio, please. No, just, uh, I mean, I, I did realise after I after I um, put this uh, little outfit together that it would have been easier to wear a sack and put some mud on my face for the <laughs> iconic Walk of Shame. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I much prefer, you know, the fact the, the outfit when she's wearing all black with the bling yeah. and, the, and, the, and the wine glass and she's destroying her enemies. I don't know why, but that just speaks to me. Yeah. And you got nothing in that wine glass, unfortunately. But we I mean, might. It's a bit early for me. I, I am. I'm not. I'm not in character. No. 
So how much was a grand total of the costume? Um, so the sequins were one pound, the mm-hmm. super glue was one pound, and the wine glass was also one pound. The crown is my own. So <laughs> <laughs> That's just so regular wear. Grand, this is just like for wearing around the house, you know. Did you super glue the glass to your hand? Are you stuck with that necklace? I mean, you, you, you might think so, wouldn't you? But, uh, so a grand total of three pounds, and you too can look this good. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Uh, reaction from the audience in the studio? I love this. I, I'm also loving full stories of, of crafting and the realisation of how horrible making costumes is and that I've super glued myself to other parts of myself. Like the it films are horrible. It was my first ever Hilarious. time making a costume <laughs> since maybe primary school. Yeah. Um, and I did not care for it. <laughs> I, I got super glue fumes in my eyes. I, I burned myself. There, yeah. my, there is glitter and sequins all over my flat it does look a little bit like a gentleman's club <laughs> um, so I, I mean you know it was a, it's been yeah. a learning experience yeah all i can say is welcome to cosplay <laughs> yeah you're one of us now i'm sorry dan and caitlin this is your first live witnessing of a pound shop cosplay what's the feel i think more monarchs should wear shorts it's a good <laughs> crown and shorts it's good That's- I'm not fully aware of cosplay myself, but uh, I do enjoy that. Welcome to the world. <laughs> right, so uh, thank you very much, Phil. Uh, thank you very much for all the time and effort that went in. I, I'm assuming this is going to be what you wear now for Tall Tales permanently. I, mean, I think I'm going to wear this out tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Feel sexy. Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's the same thing twice. <laughs> I'm getting it now. <laughs> That's pretty much us. It for all of us this week, all of us in the studio have massive amounts. I mean, think this is the busiest we've ever been. It's been amazing. You really caught them all. Yes, I did catch <laughs> them all. <laughs> yeah. so, thanks very much for everybody in. Thanks for all our small press day guests. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please consider joining our listener supporters. You can do this by clicking the support tab on our website or go direct to Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio. Brum Radio shows are streamed online at the Brum Radio Mixcloud page and you can find more podcasts at brumradio.com.